and welcome to the edited podcast where we explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing from fashion beauty and homeware myself grace hill will be chatting to leading experts in the industry to shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future today we're deep diving into sustainability within the world of footwear a category which, according to Allied Market Research, will reach $530.3 billion globally in the next seven years. So on today's episode, we're joined by Lisa Lee, Sustainability Manager at Clark's, a footwear brand established in 1825. The brand is renowned for their archive of more than 22,000 styles, from the Clark's Desert Boot to the Trigenic Flex. We'll be focusing on the sustainable measures Clarks is putting in place across their business from branding to supply chain. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I am good, thank you. Yeah, it's slightly getting cooler in Somerset, but yeah, how are you? I'm very well. I know I was on holiday last week, so it's been a bit of a shock to the system coming back to uh, October weather, that is for sure. But thank you so much for coming on. It's lovely to have you. No, no. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Excited to speak to you. Well, we'd love to start off with you giving us a bit about your background in retail and your current position as sustainability manager at Clark's. Yeah, so I am the sustainability manager at Clark's. I've been working in fashion and retail mostly. So yeah, I've worked as a supplier um, in hosiery, designing hosiery and packaging in the UK. And then after that, I worked for companies like George Asda, ASOS in sustainability and corporate social responsibility programs. And um, now I'm here. Amazing. So tell us a bit more about what this role entails. Yeah, I can give you a, a quick background on um, my job. So it's really global sustainability, focus on the environmental footprint and responsible sourcing. So I develop the sustainability strategy across the business. So um, my role requires me to work from across different teams. So for example, when making more sustainable products, I get to work with product teams and suppliers aboard to switch from conventional materials to more sustainable options and design more sustainable shoes. So like using recycled materials, bio-based instead of synthetic, Aesthetics, FSC certified rubber, um, and responsibly sourced leathers and so on. I also support on marketing and communications. So building awareness around what we're doing at Clark's, bringing our consumer on the same sustainability journey as us. And then looking into our own operations, trying to reduce footprint there. So we've actually been using like renewable energy since 2019 in all of our UK stores, distribution centers and offices. But last but not least, we collaborate a lot with industry experts, government initiatives and other brands around the world. So um, the one thing I love about my job is that actually you are really encouraged to share, to kind of work with other people um, to reach the same goal. So, yeah. That's um, my role in a nutshell. Well, I mean, it's extremely wide reaching, yeah. right? <laughs> a huge amount of responsibility. But I guess on that topic, like what is your responsibility within, you know, keeping Clarks as a business accountable? So I would say my job requires me to kind of really highlight the kind of compliance risk and opportunities to the business. So ensuring that we're not just doing what's mandatory, but um, what's coming up in the future for the business to be aware of and just keep pushing the sustainability agenda forward. So it's probably good for me to share where we're at on our sustainability journey. So we've always had like a strategy before, but however, in the last six months, we've kind of reviewed, renewed our vision. So much has actually changed in the last few years. And even with the pandemic last year, it's really like fast tracked a lot of the sustainability issues. Yeah, And I think personally, 
me. What I found is really interesting about the pandemic is it's not like what you see in like a pandemic movie where people are just, um, you know, for themselves and the world's going backwards. But actually, we've become more compassionate, more caring. And now more than ever, we're seeing the urgency to care um, about the impacts on the environment and the people. But as a brand, I think we are kind of striving to improve and take strategic steps and making it like a more of a brand agenda. Well, I feel like on the whole, you know, sustainability manager is a relatively new role and a unique space. I know from, you know, the hundreds of different brands that we get to work with are edited. You know, it's something that's constantly being mentioned. It's a new team or a new role. So obviously the logistics are unknown to a lot of people. So could you tell us a little bit more about how your team works? Yeah, absolutely. So we, well, sustainability team in the retail companies, like you said, it's kind of really evolved throughout the years from very generic, like corporate social responsibility roles, which that's where I started, um, where you looked at everything and everything, like anything and everything, sorry. So um, looking into like deeper subject matters, we are kind of like really going into like the deeper subjects that really need more attention on. So when we talk about sustainability here, it's not just about the environmental side, but also social. For environmental sustainability, even though I lead the strategy, the execution is really done collaboratively by colleagues in the business. So we really believe in integration, that sustainability is like a part of everybody's role here at Clark's to kind of make it truly a sustainable business. And then on the ethical side, ethical sourcing, more on people, we have a team here and abroad in countries where we source from, from on-ground auditing, which actually not a lot of brands have, like people on-ground colleagues that conduct the audits, but we do. But they also support on working conditions in factories. That's something that's really important to us. Sustainability is really high on the agenda on our board level. So it's really kind of like throughout the business and we really hold everybody accountable for it. That's amazing. You know, what you just said was obviously as a team, you're all working together um, to ensure that you're, you know, meeting these goals and aspirations at the business. So how do you kind of make sure that the teams are on track to hit those targets that you guys set? Or, you know, and how does that maybe clash sometimes with the commercial targets that some divisions face from a product side? I guess I would say that it's less of a clash than focus on this kind of like commercial target side and what they do so i definitely say it's less um, than many many years ago i think i definitely faced more at the beginning um i think or trends and demands all point to sustainability these days companies are now facing more scrutiny on this topic and than ever before and i don't think you can hide or ignore it nobody can and i think everyone has this kind of problem either a problem around kind of cost and i think that's always going to be a big thing I would say the truth on sustainable materials is that yes, it is still more expensive to buy kind of things like more sustainable materials than conventional. But I think it is a kind of a bit of a misconception that people think actually um, it shouldn't cost more. It should be, you know, the same, but it's unfortunately it's not. But we are seeing more demand um, for this and we want to do the right things. We are seeing more kind of component suppliers, fabric and material suppliers introducing more sustainable options and actually getting to the point of using just sustainable materials and fibers. So consumer demands will decrease the cost, but over time, these innovations and sustainable materials will become more cost effective and possibly the norm. I would guess that most companies would face a very similar issue to me and it is around just cost of materials and cost of making things more sustainable. 
Totally. That was kind of the first thing that came mm. into my mind when I was thinking about your role is, you know, having worked in merchandising myself and obviously mm. costing out products is obviously such a huge part of your responsibility. And, you know, ultimately you've got margin targets and sales targets to hit. Absolutely. But I guess, as you said, if it's, you know, a priority from the board level down as well, and as you mentioned, kind of the economies of scale of the consumer demand and um, over time, you know, hopefully those costs will kind of meet where the conventional or the historic materials were priced at. Yeah. So obviously part of your role includes supporting suppliers in achieving a more sustainable supply chain and encouraging suppliers to review their own environmental footprint. Could you walk us through the journey of Clark's supply chain and where it prioritizes sustainability? Our suppliers are super important to us, so they definitely help us on our journey to sustainability and collaboration is is key for this to actually Mm -hmm. make it happen because they are the ones who are making the shoes. So we prioritize a lot on what we call tier ones. These are shoe suppliers, so the people actually who are stitching the shoes together and putting them together. Um, and our tier two suppliers, which is our material supplier, um, especially tanneries for the leather. So I mentioned earlier, we audit our suppliers factories to ensure our products are made in good conditions. And that's definitely going to be a first thing that they actually have good working conditions and the people who make our shoes are well looked after. The pandemic has actually made this really, really difficult for us to physically go Mm -hmm. into factories. I bet. So we've had to adapt and just to kind of ensure that the standards in the factories are still acceptable using either third parties or even just um, using different technologies or methods of auditing. That's really key to us. Mm -hmm. And then on the environment side, I think it's just super important to us to just ensure we are working with the right supply chain. Um, We use a lot of leather. So naturally, we aim to work with good tanneries where the leather is made from. So these are like the finished form of the leather. Mm -hmm. And this is where collaboration is key. And most of our tanneries are um, leather working group certified. And we aim to kind of in the near future to only source responsibly sourced leathers from good tanneries. So we are founding members of the leather working group since 2005. So maybe I should give a bit of background first. Yeah, (laughs) It's an organization that has created a benchmark for like leather tanneries to improve their environmental footprint. So I think... It, not that it ha- that tanneries have a very bad reputation, but it, it does mm-hmm. require a lot of processes like denim. It's quite similar kind of thing where it just needs to go through a lot of processes before it becomes the finished product. This is why it's super important that we kind of focus in that area. Um, so we know that we can't just solve all these industry problems alone. So that's why we've kind of joined additional working groups within leather working group to tackle things like traceability animal welfare and this is where we can like collaboratively work together with the suppliers and other brands and industry experts instead of just kind of telling the suppliers what to do it's kind of just working with them to get to where we would all like to be and amazing as well that you have collaborated with you know other brands and other bodies to create this group and to you know share knowledge and ultimately improve the wider group versus just from an individual brand perspective as well yeah it shouldn't be a secret like all of this should be kind of shared because we know that if we do it together we're going to get it there quicker totally it's something that i just love about sustainability One thing that I find challenging, not just when you're looking at it category by category, but just generally looking at the wider retail space, there isn't actually a definition that's universal for sustainability. Like Mm. every brand seems to have their own targets and their own way of approaching it. And I think this can be kind of 
quite confusing yeah. to a consumer. <laughs> but I would love to know from your perspective as an expert in the industry, how do you and, and Clark's define sustainability? Yeah, it's such a good question because I think I've definitely gone through reviewing what does sustainability means like billions of times in different <laughs> companies and they all have a different way of kind of explaining it. So um I think sustainability is really about kind of the people on the planet at its core. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone can take that away because I think they work together. Um, one can never, ever work without the other. So when I say planet, it's kind of the carbon, water and waste, biodiversity, circularity, using non to kind of less raw materials by recycling, reusing. It's the chemicals that we use. And ultimately, I think it's just to kind of restore the earth to kind of be able to sustain life for the um, generations to come and uh, I think from a, like a people perspective it's, it's fascinating because it's not just one where you know we have one strategy around it it's a, a few strategies around people so it's about caring for the people who make our product mm-hmm. our colleagues our customers and this kind of uncovers a, a huge topic around things like human rights diversity and inclusion well-being and just connecting all the people that's kind of connected to Clark's I love how you, you know, you split it into people and planet because I think a lot of consumers just are hyper focused on the planet side of things mm. and maybe aren't considering the people side of things within sustainability. And I know that there's like a lot of light has been shed on the people element off the back of coronavirus and obviously orders being cancelled and what that means for factory workers off the back of the pandemic. So it's amazing that you guys are focused on both. And I guess when it comes to fabrications and materials that you use within the business, there's obviously a wave of really exciting new leather alternatives that are crafted from organic plant-based resources, whether that's mushroom, pineapple, cactus, coffee beans, the list is endless, um, and grass even gaining popularity too. So does Clark see an opportunity to grow the brand within these materials? I can't explain how many materials we've actually gone through. But as you probably can guess, we use a lot of leather. So it has to be like a very durable material. That's the alternative. Leather has like amazing characteristics for footwear. So we need to find something on that level. So it's, it's not, it's not an easy task. You probably tell. So we have tried things like cactus leather, cork, mushroom, pineapple leaves in some of the developments. Some don't make it. Some do. These are all great alternatives and we use them on parts of the shoe but not as a whole component, mm-hmm. like a whole upper, just because of the durability aspect. So we do live by that the material must perform. So if it's not really fit for purpose, then the alternative material is falling apart on your feet. That's not what we want. We want to make mm-hmm. sure that we make great quality shoes for you because that's all about what we do as a brand. So um there's things like a lot of the alternatives uses plastic coating, which we try to avoid. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think like alternatives are really improving year on year I'm, I'm very impressed with some of these uh, materials that we've seen so far and I remember the first time holding alternatives leather like a few years ago and they were just falling apart ripping <laughs> yeah. apart so now that we can even just incorporate them into parts of the shoe I think is a good start I think that one day we will get to a point of being able to use a great alternative 
I think like you made a really important point about durability there, right? Because ultimately you could have a leather alternative, but if it isn't fit for purpose, it's only going to drive consumerism and the kind of throwaway culture that has come to light. And obviously where Clark's has been in the business for nearly 200 years and serving customers with the intention of, you know, ensuring that their shoes can live a long time and are built to last. Um, obviously it's a viewpoint that's not always considered across other brands. So how do you ensure that you continue to design for longevity? And how do you communicate this, I guess, in your marketing too? Yeah, so we really pride ourselves on our quality and design of well-crafted shoes. Um, we plaster it all over our, our marketing communications. We always have. And this is something that we will never move away from. I think people do forget that keeping a product for longer and keeping them in use will always be more sustainable than making shoes that maybe uses sustainable materials but falls apart. So longevity is really about this kind of quality and durability aspect of a shoe, but also in an emotional way. And I think this is going to be weird, but making shoes that you love and keep and don't want to throw away. So like that's something that's really key to us. Do you have a product at home that you can think of, like something that you just can't throw away because you have this kind of emotional attachment to it? I mean, a few, <laughs> definitely a few things in my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> I have these, um, they're actually leather. Mm, good. And they're like these, um, leather, like shacket things. Mm. And I bought them like five years ago and I just wear them every single year and they're timeless in their design, mm. I guess. And I think that's maybe something that I should probably consider when I'm buying more products is, uh, you know, something that's like durable and gonna yeah. last but also I'm not going to get sick of after exactly. um, yeah. one season. I think you just have to like really love the product to buy the product so we want to make shoes that everyone's going to love and it's you're going to keep for long so yeah so we proactively promote keeping shoes for longer and personalizing your shoes and cleaning your shoes and taking care of them so we do that like via social media on our website we know that everybody just needs to be more of an advocate on product care that product care thing is really interesting mm. so obviously you're kind of that education yes. of the customer on like how you can keep them and and extend and elongate that life of that item i guess is that through you said social media but is that through like videos do you have anything in store as well we have loads of like product care we've always sold product care on our website there's actually a page on like what material needs what kind of product care how do you look after it ah. because we have amazing material teams experts mm -hmm. here and you know we know how to look after leather how to look after rubber canvas whatever kind of shoe it is like they need proper care so um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've definitely done that the stores they they know this very well their product very well so they can definitely help consumers like actually if you're not into buy a shoe but you would like to buy some shoe care and they bring in some dirty shoes they'll be able to kind of um explain how do you take care of your shoes and clean them and make them last longer Definitely. And I'm assuming as well, you kind of have like rigorous testing internally for like durability of products. So from like the design teams to be able to incorporate materials into a certain product to ensure that they're, you know, you're designing for longevity too. Absolutely. Yes, we definitely do. We have um, the broad end here as well. So make sure that we definitely have this kind of thing of we need to make sure that it has to pass and perform. Otherwise, you know, we'll stop the production, but we definitely do that during the development stages. 
And obviously, you know, COVID-19 drove uh, the biggest annual fall in CO2 emissions since World War II. Emissions declined by 2.4 billion tonnes, with the most significant drops registered in France and the UK. However, despite this, um, the fashion industry is still forecasted to overshoot the goal set in the Paris Climate Agreement by twofold. What is Clark's action plan to help them stay accountable and be more climate positive? It's a really good question around this because I think it's a good time to start asking questions like this. I think we're seeing the government asking for more around sustainability and climate change. But actually um, here, we've actually completed our carbon footprint assessment for Clark's last year. And then this year, we've been able to kind of drill into the details of our impact. So we literally looked from head to toe, what is our carbon footprint like? Where's the biggest impacts? So we know as a business, energy consumption is important. So that's definitely a highlight area. So we've been decreasing by switching, as I said earlier, like renewable energy in the UK. But obviously, we need to look at areas like the US where we have offices and stores in and in the EU. We know the majority of the footprint comes from materials. And you, you probably know this, um, which is why we work a lot with like initiatives such as textiles exchange they're really fantastic because i think i've worked with them for such a long time they support the retail industry to really understand what they call preferred materials and source more of these materials being very honest leather makes up the largest proportion of our carbon footprint so we are developing a like a leather program just to understand our sources how Mm -hmm. to reduce across the supply chain from farm to end of life So we know it's a focus on leather will help us drive the most carbon reductions. I think it's, you know, a collaboration, right, as well, you know, with yourselves, you obviously the different bodies that you guys work with, but also your supplier base. I'm assuming obviously they are also doing their own research and development into opportunities within leathers as well and kind of bringing all of that knowledge together and and the meetings of the minds. Yeah. It's really exciting because we, we get to see before the season starts and on development and the, the kind of supplies they come over with like these new amazing things that they're doing and, and innovations that they found or ways, even the smallest things like changing different chemicals that they use or using less waters in their factories always helps. So um, we're seeing more and more of that. And just out of curiosity, like how do you think we could expedite this process of kind of getting to targets faster as an industry would you say definitely showing more around learnings tests and learns that we have through different companies also just getting into more of these groups and discussions around what kind of risks are we finding what are the highlight points that we have in common and try to work on those as an industry sharing innovations is always really important i think the thing that's going to drive us the most is definitely innovations that are coming up I don't think, you know, anyone has a silver bullet to how to get to net zero. I think it's more of a, an ambition to want to get there. You know, it's what, 20, 2050, 2040, these goals. And it, it's not like we can do it overnight. So we are definitely waiting for innovations to come. It's so exciting to see what the developments are and how does everybody work together in that. So it's been widely reported and it's a fact we all know because we all had to live it, right? That obviously because of the COVID pandemic, we all spent more time indoors, which impacted the footwear market. And based on edited data, full shoe arrivals were down 34% in 2020. Yet the footwear category is still expected to reach that $530.3 billion globally in the next seven years, according to their allied market research. How do you see Clark's navigating this market share, Lisa? 
we have seen a decline in the pandemic and lockdown has really affected this. We are a very store heavy um, company. So the pandemic has really kind of drove sales down and we, we did see a decline. We are seeing that the demands are coming back. I think people were coming back with more interest in buying shoes. But interestingly, it was, there's a change of what they're actually buying. So things like slippers, house shoes, which I didn't know was a thing, but people have them. So like instead of having work shoes, you obviously a lot of people working from home. So house shoes is now a thing. And clogs, we've seen like a huge spike in demand for. So I think obviously there are shoes where like dress shoes, maybe we don't see people wearing as much or buying as much, but it's not like we're declining as a whole because it's actually just moving to a different market or a different style of shoe. The other one we're seeing is performance outdoor footwear and boots uh, have grown. So sportswear continuously going stronger and stronger, people having more time to kind of make time for their well-being. So we kind of lumped into this kind of well-being space as well. And this spring, summer, we also saw a return of the demand of sandals, which, you know, obviously it's not now, but we definitely did see some sandals coming back. Definitely we see this kind of shift from shoes to sports. So a focus on more of like a comfort and a homeware side. So shoes now, we are looking at things like making it more comfortable for your feet. I would say people care more about being comfortable than ever before. And we're definitely redefining what workwear shoes look like as well. I think it is turning to things like hybrid trainers uh, smart shoes kind of look. So yeah, definitely things to see in the next few seasons to come. Lisa, finally, we'd love to ask you, what would you like to see change in the future regarding sustainability and footwear? Even though we are seeing more sustainable shoes, more sustainable footwear, and you, you are seeing this every day, we definitely need more innovations. It's the only way to kind of become more sustainable. So I feel like clothing and textiles are very advanced in this area, and we can definitely take a lot of the learnings from there um, and the other industries to footwear. The other thing would be circular footwear, like circular shoes um, for footwear. So we've created some shoes and we are very aware that we are designing these circular shoes, but acknowledge that there's no currently like an easy way for consumers to recycle their shoes. So this really is kind of driven by more countries adopting circularity, being able to recycle textiles and footwear products. So hopefully one day we can have like a fully circular economy from like a product to end of life and the shoe comes back to us one day and we can recycle it again and make it into a new shoe. But that is definitely what I would love to see in the future. It's so true, right? Like you see those kind of like um, clothing drop points to recycle your, you know, your clothing and your apparel, but you know, how does that actually relate to footwear specifically? And, you know, is that there, you know, the same opportunities to recycle that type of product category? With us, we have tape backs, we have our shoe share, but we only kind of accept shoes that can be worn again. Right. There's no real kind of recycling at the moment. I think there are a couple of brands out there that are able to recycle, regrind the whole shoe and make it, you know, into just the outside. But that's kind of like, it's not really upcycling the shoe. It's kind of making it just into the sole. But what we really want to do is definitely, if you see a shoe, we can recreate it and make it back into a shoe in every component. And that's really the, the difficult part that we're trying to get to. But hopefully one day we'll get there. <laughs> one day we will. I, I'm feeling hopeful or I want to be hopeful at least. But Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It was great to chat. Thank you so much for your time, Grace. I really appreciate it. 
for listening to our latest episode of the Edited Podcast. And thank you to today's guest, Lisa Lee, Sustainability Manager at Clark's. If you've enjoyed our conversation on footwear and sustainability, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast where you can stay up to date on all future episodes. And if you want to read any of our data around this market, all of the links can be found in the description of this episode. If you're a customer of Edited, please contact your dedicated Edited team member if you have any questions. And for all of our listeners, please ensure you're subscribed to our Insider Briefing, where you can get all of our latest data, analysis and strategies for the retail industry. We'd love to know what you would like to hear in our podcast. And if you have any suggestions for themes or guests, you can get in touch with us on our Instagram at edited underscore HQ. I'm Grace Hill, and I will see you next time. Bye.